Attention. This podcast contains subject matter that may not be suitable for all ages. Listener discretion is advised. From out of the darkness, you hear voices that send shivers down your spine. That feeling of dread is undeniable when you notice the monster under the bed is trembling. The aliens are scrambling to get back to the mothership, and the vampires are refusing to rise. Your reptilian overlords are pleased to force on you two humans they swear are not their captives. Your hosts, Michael and Wendy. This is Eerie and Absurd. Let's do this. It is on the record. What, that I'm sick of your shit? (laughs) It's on the record? Yes. Welcome back. Welcome back to Eerie and Absurd. I'm glad you didn't leave us. I hope you guys enjoyed Wendy's spooky story. Did you enjoy it? I did. Liar. I did, but I would never let children into the house. Yeah, where's our children? Well, they're, they're in the house. I think <laughs> they are. <laughs> so, are you excited about Halloween? I am. I'm excited. Okay. What are you doing? I'm going to gonna get a bag of Reese cups <laughs> and eat it all myself. I, I think you already done that, along with some Kit Kats. That was that was like a pregame. Oh, okay. I was just practicing what I'm going to do on Halloween. Oh, because mm-hmm. we don't really get trick or treaters, and we don't go trick or treating anymore. Our kids are older now mm-hmm. they don't care i'm not giving them any of it either mm, that's it's mean. mine it's really mean bet you will probably yeah okay how are you getting ready for halloween i'm watching the haunting of bly manor on netflix right now it's it's pretty good i don't think it's as good as the haunting of hill house but i do like uh finding all the hidden ghosts like, how did you know there was hidden ghosts in it? Is that like that's something? how it was with uh, the haunting of Hill House? Because I watched, remember, I watched the whole season and then I rewatched it with y'all. Yeah, and I was like, wait a minute, I didn't see that ghost before. Wait a minute, I didn't see that one before. And so it's a kind of the, they strategically place them. I guess I didn't realize that on the first one either. Oh Is yeah, it? we should go back and watch it. Yeah, because you would be surprised. You'll be like, I don't, I didn't realize that that ghost was there. Cool. I haven't seen any of the hidden ghosts in this one. You haven't seen any of the episodes. That's probably why. (laughs) You'll have to point them out to me. Because I'll probably only watch it once. Okay. Well, I like looking up articles after I've seen an episode to see if it'll tell me where all the ghosts are. Cool. It's fun. Mine today is not really spooky. It's just, I guess, about the history of ghostly women. Is that... that (laughs) Is that a terrible... I have no idea. Um, Okay. Well, this one's... Do you want me to go ahead? Do you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Go ahead. Okay. Well, this one, it's it's about hugging Molly. Oh, okay. In the town of Abbeville, Alabama, there is said to be a ghostly apparition that roams the street at night. Legend has it that a seven-foot woman in black appears to kids after sundown and hugs them tightly and screams in their ear. What? Yeah. <laughs> like, why is she yelling in their ear? The hugging is enough. Yeah. 
I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) This phantom lady is known in the town as Huggin' Molly. There is a story that suggests Molly is a woman who lost her child and dealt with the sorrow of this loss by hugging local children in town. Oh, that's sad. Many people have recounted stories of being chased by what they believed was hugging Molly. However, some locals may just use the story to make sure their children are home before dark. Were the locals drunk? Perhaps. (laughs) Were they leaving bars getting chased? (laughs) Getting chased by the woman they were trying to... <laughs> they were trying to leave their girlfriend at the bar. <laughs> Her name just happened to be Molly, too. <laughs> Chasing Molly. <laughs> the legend of Hug and Molly dates back to the late 1800s and may have gotten its start in Irish folklore, with a large population of immigrants settling in this area at the time. The only thing I could find in Irish folklore about a ghostly screaming woman was the banshee. Oh, yeah. You've heard of that. Everybody's heard of that, yeah. So That's a usually banshee, a bobcat, right? Uh, yes. <laughs> same thing. A banshee is said to be a fairy in Irish legend, and her scream is believed to be an omen of death. A banshee is a disembodied spirit and can appear in several forms. One, a beautiful woman wearing a shroud, or an old woman with frightening red eyes, a green dress, and long white hair, or an old woman with a veil covering her face, dressed in all black with long gray hair. Historians have traced the first stories of the Banshee to the 8th century, which were based on tradition where women sang a sorrowful song to lament someone's death. These women were known as keeners, and since they accepted alcohol as payment, they were said to be sinners and punished by being doomed to become a banshee. I also accept alcohol as payment. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We'll let the local taverns know. (laughs) According to the mythology of the banshee, if she is spotted, she will vanish into a cloud of mist, and and this action creates a noise similar to that of a bird flapping its wings. Mm. Legend says the banshees don't cause death. They only serve as a warning of it. Like that it's about to happen? Yeah. Is it usually to you or to like maybe somebody you know? Both. Either one. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. It's hard to say. Yeah. You'll know it when you see it. Or if you're dead. (laughs) Okay. So in the town of Abbeville, the legend of Hug and Molly goes back over a hundred years And Jimmy Rain is an Abbeville native who's opened a restaurant named for the legend. And uh, Huggin' Molly's is the restaurant, and it has old-fashioned soda fountains and serves ice cream and malts. It is decorated with vintage advertisements and has an old-fashioned feel. You can order things such as Molly's Fingers with comeback sauce. (laughs) Ew. (laughs) Or pimento cheese and crackers or fried green tomatoes. Uh, he also, I thought it was interesting, he also has a lot of like movie memorabilia in the restaurant. And uh, one of the items being the prop gun from the movie Old Yeller. Oh, yeah, the I bet actual... a lot of people don't know what that is. What? I bet a lot of people don't know what that is. What, Old like... Yeller? Yeah. <laughs> I bet they do. Maybe not. Maybe not. They didn't actually shoot the dog. Right. Mm -hmm. It's a fake gun. Okay. 
<laughs> so ghostly women have become spooky legends in a lot of different cultures. Another example would be the weeping woman or La Llorona. The legend of La Llorona is traditionally told throughout Latin America, including Mexico, Central, and South America. La Llorona is a legendary figure with various incarnations. Usually translated into English as the Wailing Woman, she is often presented as a banshee-type apparition of a woman, soaking wet and dressed in all white, often found by lakes or rivers, and cries for her lost children, whom she has killed. The killing of her own children is sometimes carried out with a knife or dagger, but very often the children have been drowned. Her crime is usually committed in a fit of madness after finding out about an unfaithful lover or husband who leaves her to marry another woman. Mm. After realizing what she has done, she kills herself. She is often described as a lost soul doomed to wander the earth forever, sometimes grabbing children that get too close, mistaking them for her own. To some, she is a boogeyman used by parents to scare children into good behavior or to keep them from venturing too close to dangerous waters. Okay. So just like, you know, hugging Molly to get them home before dark. Right. This one may be used to... Don't go playing around the creek. Yeah. Or it's real. One of the two. You never know. I don't know. I don't want to find out. Some children would tempt the apparition by taking a mirror to the water, splashing water on it, and saying her name three times. Kind of like Bloody Mary. Yeah, just like Bloody Mary. But it's water-related. Mm-hmm. Doing this would supposedly cause the weeping woman to appear in front of them. Now, this legend has been referenced many times in movies, such as the 1933 film La Llorona, the 1961 film The Curse of the Crying Woman, 2006 Revenge of La Llorona, and then the most recent 2019 The Curse of La Llorona. Which, have we seen that movie? No, it's on HBO right now. We should watch that. Yeah. It looks really good. Mm -hmm. So there are many other examples of stories like this. Uh, There's one that's the Black Lady of Bradley Woods in Lincolnshire, England. And then, as you mentioned, Bloody Mary is another one that's popular in the United States. The White Lady that is commonly talked about in areas of tragedy in countries all over the world. You know, there's always a a legend where tragedy struck and now there's a a wandering apparition yeah yeah there's always a lady in white like at a bridge or near a cemetery or trying to get in a car with somebody yeah yeah so that's it (laughs) that's all i got (laughs) the ghostly women apparitions (laughs) well thank you so that'd be cool like it'd be cool to go to abbeville alabama yeah and just at least eat at the restaurant yeah get some molly's fingers some fried green tomatoes yeah That'd be yum. Yeah. Hit up the local bar, go wandering around at night. Yeah. See if you get hugged and screamed at. Mm-hmm. He'll just be like every day when you're with me. Exactly. <laughs> you're right. We don't even have to go anywhere. <laughs> so that's, what, that's all I got. That was really good. Thanks. I liked that. I know there's not a lot of information on that. I was trying to just n- narrow it down. There's, there's a lot of stories about, you know, just, I mean legends there's i couldn't find really any like first-hand stories you know yeah. yeah there's a lot it'd be nice to have some first-hand stories like oh this happened not the friend of your cousin who's married to your aunt's uncle like mm-hmm. 
Like, you know what happened. It happened to you. That'd be interesting. Well, mine is about the black-eyed children. That's why my story last week, I had so much fun doing, was kind of just like a... A teaser? Yeah, like a teaser of what's to come. Mm -hmm. A foreshadowing? Yeah, no lie. A lot of the research, it was fun just investigating this because of all of the apparent firsthand accounts that people have experienced or the stories that they know about. It was fun. But you creeped yourself out a little bit. I creeped myself out. I didn't want to go pick up the oldest child from Mm. his job because I was scared that it was dark. I tried to get you to do it. Well, there was a... And you wouldn't do it. I came into the room and, like, said something to you, and you looked at me terrified. When? I guess I startled you. Yeah. I get lost deep in thought sometimes, so that can happen any day. You must have been. (laughs) Unfortunately. But I tried to get one of the kids to talk in the story, and they wouldn't do it. Yeah, the one time they won't talk. Yeah. So that was was sad. My sources are from listfirst.com. 10 Bizarre But Chilling Encounters with Black-Eyed Children, The Haunting Legend Behind the Black-Eyed Children at Rare.us, written by Mariah Gill, and What Are Black-Eyed Children at Parirational.com. And then I've also got one, I've got a link that I'm going to also put on there. It's 16 Terrifying Encounters with the Black-Eyed Kids. It's a bunch of just stories. They're like mini stories, and they're just creepy enough that make you go, what was that noise? They're not super long, terrifying, you yeah, know, horror Absolutely. stories. But so, they're, who are they written by? They're just by people. Like some of them might be creepy pastas, but then some of them are supposed to be real. Most of the ones I tried to find were by people who said they actually had an encounter mm. with the black-eyed children. Overall, at first glance, black-eyed children or black-eyed kids look like normal children. Some say the way they dress may be like kind of off-putting in the sense that it doesn't match like what kids today wear. I'm going to say a lot of kids today, their style is off-putting to me. Yeah. Why is 90 style coming back? It is. High-waisted, high waters. It is the worst. It is so bad. (laughs) Okay. But anyways, so these kids dress cool. (laughs) Apparently. Uh, such a dork. In general, they look like normal children mm-hmm. at first glance when you first meet them. Usually they may or may not have like an outdated haircut. They have uh, an appellness to their skin. So they usually just look like they haven't been in the sun. They may look like they're sick. Some people have said that they have either a grayish or bluish tone to their skin. They're just pale. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing too disturbing at the first time you see them. The most disturbing feature is their eyes, which are solid black. And these are not hollowed out missing eyes, but the eye itself is completely black, like a huge pupil or a black orb. They're usually between the ages of 6 and 16. They tend to show up in pairs or possibly in threes, but are generally never alone. You never have an encounter with one by itself. So oftentimes when encountered, they are not all the same age. There's usually an older kid and a younger kid with one of them that usually just kind of watches the situation while the other one does all the talking. Hmm. They either need a ride, they are hungry, they need to use the restroom, or they need to use a phone. But it can't be your cell phone. They need to be able to come inside and use your landline. 
Well, that's going to narrow a lot of people. It's going to weed a lot of people out. Yeah, because no, not a lot of people have landlines nowadays. Yeah. They're going to have to change their tactics. <laughs> Don't give them any ideas. Uh, people state that they feel a sense of anxiety or dread all the way up to the point of pure fear and terror when coming in contact with the children. Unlike normal children or teens, you know, they don't generally walk up to strangers asking for rides or to be let into a stranger's home. These children have like no problem. They're very comfortable talking to adults. They will repeat themselves over and over during the conversation. And if you ignore their request or you decline the request, they will get verbally aggressive by their tone and their mannerism changing from like polite and kind of docile seeming to sinister and threatening. Here's what I think. Like when you think of all of these things, as an adult, when you see a child or even a teenager that needs your help, your first instinct is to help them. Most because, people. Yeah, because why else would they even bother coming up to you? I mean, especially if you have children, you don't want to be the reason that a, a child is harmed or they're lost and they can't find their parents or they're hungry. So I think that they play off of this. It's seen as a weakness. So therefore, they try to play to that weakness to get invited in or to get into a close proximity with you. So this brings me to another thing. They cannot get into your car or go into your house without you inviting them in. There are stories of people encountering them like while walking to or from their car or, you know, a building. And instead of asking for a favor, they will make a comment such as, you will allow me to follow you home. So that you agree with them? I guess. It's kind of weird. It sounds it's, like a vampire. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's odd. Yeah. But a vampire is not going to be like, you're going to let me follow you home. Plus, you could tell by the accent that they're a vampire. Shut up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Or they will make the comment, you will give me a ride. And they're very, they're, the way they speak is, it's, it's not, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of like, I don't want to say like broken English, because it kind of depends, you know, there are sightings of these children all over the world. Whatever language they're speaking is basically like their second language. It's not very fluent. It's kind of broken. Mm. And that almost seems like that would be the reason why they say the same thing over and over again. Yeah. They don't to, know how to continue a conversation. Exactly. They, th this is what they know, and that's what they're going to say. Most of these stories end with the person saying, no, you're not following me home. And the children either disappear or one of them gets angry and starts screaming as the person is running away. Because most come and contact them like in, I don't, in the wild. Yeah. And they <laughs> tend to just run like as fast as they can away from them. And then they just disappear. The kids just disappear. So it's, it's, it's weird. For the majority, this urban legend is fairly new. Most people didn't know anything about it until a story came out and went public in the late 90s. A journalist named Brian Bethel documented meeting the black-eyed children when he was going to pay a bill. It was around 9.30 at night, and Brian had pulled over in front of the local movie theater to finish writing out a check. As he was filling the check out, someone knocked on his car window. When he turned to see, there were two young boys between the ages of about 10 and 14 outside of his car. And he described the children as follows. Boy number one was slightly taller than his companion wearing a pullover, hooded shirt with a sort of gray checkered pattern and jeans. I couldn't see his shoes. His skin was olive colored and had curly medium length brown hair. He exuded an air of quiet confidence. Boy number two had pale skin with a trace of freckles. His primary characteristic seemed to be looking around nervously. He was dressed in a similar manner to his companion, but his pullover was a light green color. His hair was a sort of pale orange. 
and they didn't appear to be related or at least directly. Brian rolls down the window only slightly, and as soon as he does that, he feels like a sense of fear and that something was off. The first boy explains that they wanted to watch the new Mortal Kombat movie that was playing in the movie theater, but they left their money at home and asked if Brian could give them a ride. If that's not a red flag, I don't know what it is. That's weird. Yeah. You do not know this man. Why are you trying to say, can you take me home? That's weird. Brian is obviously nervous and he's kind of confused. So the boy begins to tell Brian, come on, mister. We just want to go to our house. We're just two little boys. Come on, mister. Let us in. We can't get in your car until you let us in. Just let us in and we'll be gone before you know it. We'll go to our mother's house. Unknowingly at first, Brian finds himself unlocking the door as if he had no control over his actions, as if the child was controlling his movements. It's almost like it was a psychic thing. Mm. Like he felt something happening and he didn't realize it. But once he realized it, he kind of stopped. When he stopped, he looked up at the children and noticed that their eyes were all black. And then as if reading his mind, the first boy begins to get more aggressive, pulling on the door handle, demanding to be let in. And saying, we won't hurt you. You have to let us in. We don't have a gun. He thought it was odd that they would even say, we don't have a gun. As if we don't need one. We don't need a gun. Yeah. Because we're devil kids. So putting his car in reverse, Brian speeds home, leaving the boys in the parking lot of the movie theater. And then as he's looking in the rearview mirror, they're gone. They just vanished. So this was at night? It was like at 930 at night. Do people see them during the day? A lot of it seems to happen at night. But then there are some people that have seen them during the day. Yes. Okay. It kind of seems to be just whenever. At first, I kind of thought it sounded like aliens. Right. the big black eyes. Mm-hmm. Like the grays. Yeah. But now it seems more like a vampire type. They can't be out in the daytime. They they sparkle. So. <laughs> no, they Gives don't. them away. No, they don't. <laughs> what got me was the fact that people were saying that this was relatively new. It was first documented by this gentleman. It's a very obvious urban legend. But... There is an old Iroquois Indian legend that speaks of the Atkan or the evil one. So according to legend, it is believed that this creature would mate with unsuspecting women in the tribe. When the women gave birth, the children would be pale with like chalky-like skin and have black eyes. These children, they would never live past the first few days because the tribe would kill them and then burn the remains to stop any form of resurrection from occurring. There were also stories even told of children uh, wandering off or going into the woods by themselves and returning with their eyes black, their skin pale, and repeating the same words or phrases over and over. It's believed that the overall goal was to destroy the tribe and infect everyone with the Otgun. Interesting. So that's an old Indian legend. Yeah. That's very similar. Current theories on what these children are range from demonic entities, vampires, or alien hybrids. One theory is they are tied to the men in black that are usually seen when UFO sightings occur or other unexplained strange events. The two have similar broken speech patterns. The same sense of dread occurs when they are around and neither can come in without being invited. That's a good point. Yeah. The men in black, they're very robotic sounding from what people say. And And they they look look weird. Yeah. They have the weird skin color Uh and like no lips, apparently. As far as I know, these kids, like, maybe they can make kids look like they're supposed to. I don't know. But the kids look normal until all of a sudden there's the black eyes. You see them. Yeah. So what happens if you let them in? 
What so, happens? Well, apparently there's not much. It's not much is known about what happens if you let them in other than the people that did make that mistake either left pretty quickly after realizing their mistake or some of them got sick afterwards. They got it, that little red flashy thingy that <clears throat> wipes your memory. No, that's a movie. That's <laughs> That's why they don't remember. No. Wrong men in black. Oh. <laughs> okay. After searching for hours and getting thoroughly freaked out, just because I love creepy stories anyways, I have some stories that I wanted to share that these are actually supposed to be first-hand encounters okay. of people that have experienced the Black Eyed Children. Awesome. Okay. So the first story, this is one of the earliest stories documented of someone coming in contact with the Black Eyed Children. According to a story that was researched and investigated by David Weatherly in 1950, a 16-year-old boy known only as Harold was walking home when he noticed another boy leaning against a fence. Harold tried to speak to the boy but didn't receive a response. As Harold began to walk off, the strange boy suddenly said, I want to go to your house. You're going to walk me up to your house. That's when Harold noticed the blackness of the boy's eyes. There was no white, just solid black. Then something chilling happened. Harold began to contemplate turning and running home as fast as he could when the boy blurted out, Now don't you run away from me. You're going to walk me up to your house. In response, Harold turned and ran as fast as his legs could carry him. Later, he recalled to his parents that as he ran off, he heard the boy scream behind him, and it sounded very similar to that of a bobcat. Harold's father, believing his story, grabbed his gun and immediately went to look for the boy but never found him. His mother thought he had an encounter with the devil and decided she would take him to see the local priest. And that's all I got on that one. Huh. Because there does seem to be like a um, a psychic element to it. Yeah, like they're controlling, like they're in their head. Yeah, like they can read your thoughts or something. Okay, so the second story. This is in July of 2010. A man from Ohio who goes by the pseudonym of Noetic was working the night shift at a data center. He takes a smoke break around 5 a.m. and notices that there are two teenage boys across the street. As soon as he notices the boys, he gets an unnerving feeling as both boys are motionless, staring directly at him. Quickly finishing his cigarette, he goes back inside to work, but is interrupted about 10 minutes later when the front door intercom buzzes. Using the security system, Noetic looks to see who is at the front door, and it's the two boys that were staring at him earlier. He uses the intercom to ask what they need, and both boys just stand there not saying anything, but one of them motions for him to come outside. He tells them that they need to leave, and he goes back to working. Both boys continue to stand outside, and they just stare into the camera, as if they can just see him. That's what it felt like, at least. Yeah. So Noetic decides to go to the front door and ask both boys to leave. However, before opening the door, he peeks through the one-way glass to get a good look at both of them. At first glance, they appear to be normal-looking teenagers, but with one exception. They both have completely black eyes. Totally on edge, he decides to open the door and let them know he's calling the cops if they don't leave. As soon as he opens the door, and without saying a word to either boy, one of them says, That will not be necessary, sir. We simply need to use your phone. Can you let us in? Almost as if the boy is reading his mind. Noetic says, no, I don't let anyone in. Not happy with this response, the boy states, no, you're going to invite us in. Pulling out his cell phone, he states he's calling the police and closes the door, leaving the two boys outside. 
going back to his work area, he observes the boys through the security system. One of them stays at the front door while the other one moves to the back of the building and stands at the back door. The whole time, both boys are staring into the camera as if they can see Noetic on the other side. After calling the police, Noetic lets them know through the intercom that the police are on their way. One of the boys just grins into the camera and states, I need to use the phone. Let us in. Eventually, the boys make their way to a blind spot and can no longer be seen by the cameras. However, in order to move away from the blind spot, a person would have to go back into the camera's view. It's one of those like hard stops. Waiting for at least one of them to reappear in the camera's view, it seems as if they just vanished into thin air. The police end up arriving around 6 a.m., but there's no sign of either boys in or around the area. So is this on video somewhere, though? I don't know. Some people were asking about that. Now, here's the thing. Just because there is a security system doesn't always mean that they're recording it. And two, it's not this guy's property, so he probably wouldn't even be able to show us unless he owns it. But I, I agree. Wondered. If there was a way, like, yeah, that'd be cool <laughs> to see the actual video. Oh, absolutely. So are they always boys? No, there's girls too. Okay. Yeah, it's either one. So the next story, in 2012, a gas station in Northeast Louisiana had a visit from a group of the Black Eyed Children. So this gas station was a building sitting by itself just off the highway. Around 3 a.m., the power suddenly went out, causing the whole building to plunge into darkness along with the one person that's working at 3 a.m. One person? Yeah, it's really not going to be that busy at 3 a.m. in the morning. So in the darkness, the attendant makes his way to the back of the building, uh, to the backup generator, so he can get it turned on. Once he gets it turned on, the backup lights come on, but only the lights connected to the generator are the ones that are working. So that's the parking lot and the hall to the register. So the register area in the hallway and the parking lot. The rest of the gas station is just darkness. Assuming bad weather was the cause for the outage, he wasn't super concerned about the situation. As he's waiting for the lights to come back on, he's looking out into the darkness. Then he notices that there's something in the darkness. Mm -hmm. So he starts watching it. He eventually makes out what looks like three children riding bikes at 3 a.m. Yeah. So almost instantly, as if they knew he saw them, two of the kids get off their bikes and make their way to the doorway of the gas station. Stopping right outside the door, they just stand there and they just stare at him. He opens the door and he asks him if they are okay and making the comment that it's awfully late to be roaming around on the highway. One of the children asks if she can use his phone. A little uneasy, he begins to hand her his cell phone. But as he is handing her the phone, she looks up at him and he notices that her eyes are solid black. The little girl's face turns angry and she states, no, I need the real one and points to the landline phone inside the gas station. The clerk, who is overcome with fear at this point, closes the door, locks it, and yells at the kids, No, no ma'am, you go home and get your mom's phone. So staring at the clerk for a few more minutes, the kids turn, get back on their bikes, and they ride into the darkness. The clerk tells his boss the next morning about what happened and asks, like, that the security camera be checked. But unfortunately, the cameras were not hooked up to the generator. So the entire encounter went unrecorded. It is not apparent if the blackout occurred due to the blackout children or if it was just a coincidence. Darkness Radio told this story sometime in September of 2015. And I looked everywhere and I couldn't find it because I wanted to listen to it. But I can't find it. So I don't know if it's maybe too old. They yeah. seem to have a lot of episodes. Maybe they retired it in a sense or it's sitting somewhere behind a paywall. But I thought that that's scary. Yeah, that's pretty creepy. Yeah. 
So this is my most favorite story. This is the last one. Thanks okay. for thanks for hanging in there. This that, is my favorite one. That's what I'm here for. This was like, oh, gave me chills a little. So in 2016, an unnamed woman apparently made the mistake of letting them into her home. So she lived in Vermont and stated that on the night of a blizzard around 2 a.m., a loud knocking came from her front door. Going to answer the door, she takes a quick peek out the window and sees footprints in the snow leading to the front of the house. Not seeing a vehicle on the road to indicate a potential accident, she decides to wake her husband up. She also notices on the road that there's no tire tracks. Like It's all fresh snow. It's fresh. Did you say this was at night? 2 a.m. Okay. With the banging continuing, her husband answers the door and there are two children on the doorstep, a boy and a girl around the age of eight. She notices that they're not dressed appropriate for cold weather and instantly feels unnerved just by their presence. But still, she and her husband invite both children inside. As the children are coming inside, her cats are very obviously afraid of the two children, usually quite friendly, the majority scattered to other rooms, with one of them staying with her while she's in the kitchen. While in the kitchen making cocoa, she can hear her husband trying to speak with them to get an idea of where their parents are, why they're out in a blizzard. But no matter what her husband asks, they always respond with, our parents will be here soon. Returning to the living room, she sees her husband holding his head in his hands, asking him if he's okay. She turns to hand the children their cocoa, and when they both look up at her, she realizes they both have jet black balls where their eyes should have been. And he's just saying that he's dizzy. Like, all of a sudden, he's dizzy. Yeah. Both children ask if they can use the restroom when they realize that the woman is scared and staring at them. Trying to remain calm, she directs them to the bathroom. As soon as both children are in the bathroom, her husband's nose starts bleeding and the power goes out. Trying to get to her husband in the now dark house, she's able to make out both of the children standing motionless at the end of the hallway, just staring at her. In the middle of this terrifying silence, both children suddenly say, Our parents are here. Opening the front door, they make their way back outside into the blizzard, leaving the front door wide open. The husband rushes to close the door, and when they look out the window, they see both children getting into a black car with two tall men dressed in suits standing next to the car. The husband waves at both men, but they just stare at him, and then they both get into the car, and they all drive away. About a half hour later, the power turns back on. So following this encounter with the black-eyed children, three of the four cats in the home go missing. One cat is found dead, the one that was in the kitchen with her. That cat is found dead in a pool of blood, with the vet citing that it was a hemorrhage that was the cause of death. The husband continues to have regular nosebleeds, and the husband was actually diagnosed with an aggressive form of skin cancer, which is usually linked to tanning bed. He doesn't go to a tanning bed. Like radiation. Exactly. Yeah. The woman also starts to suffer from dizzy spells and nosebleeds. She also states that she is in the worst condition of her life. They didn't have any health problems before this. The woman is convinced that the negative and strange occurrences that have been happening to both her and her husband, including their ill health, is related to the night that those children were let into their home. That's crazy. If it is an alien. The more you talk about it, it seems like, I don't know, maybe it's uh, alien-human hybrids. Maybe. I don't know. It may not even be real. It's just, it's interesting. I liked that story one. Because she let them in. But two, then you've also got potentially the men in black picking them up. Yeah. It's, yeah. Like they're going to pick up all their little demon kids. Yeah. <laughs> Are you hungry? Go feed off their life force. That's what it seems like they're doing, though. It seems like it may be. Um, they're not killing anybody. It doesn't seem like that's what's happening. It seems like you just get really sick after coming in contact. Like psychic vampires. 
Because so, that's another thing it sort of sounds like. Yeah. But, with, you know, minus the black eyes, I guess. Yeah. Which I think psychic vampires are bull. I'm I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I can get down with a lot of this stuff and just uh, be creeped out and have fun with it. But that is baloney. Psychic vampires are trash. Whatever. So that is the Black Eyed Children. Yeah. Creepy. It was creepy. Yeah. Good and job. some of these stories, after I read them, like, for hours, I was legitimately kind of just freaked out. Fearing a knock at the door? Or like when I was outside and you talked through the doorbell. Oh, yeah. <laughs> scared the shit out of oh, me. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was legit mad, too. <laughs> you scared me so bad. <laughs> you wanted the doorbell. I'd been working on this and I walked outside for something. And I come back before I even come back in. You're talking through it and it scared me half to death. <laughs> well, good job. Thank you. So you're going to come up with um, a little ghost story to tell everybody? I think I have to now, yeah. In the next week or two? Yep. Nice. Do you think the Black Eyed Children are real? Do you believe in the men in black? Um, yes. What about the Black Eyed Children? Because I wonder if they do play I on think each if other. They, yeah, I think if all that stuff is real, yeah, it seems like they're closely related to the men in black or whatever. It, it those does. stories. Or that uh, it spun off from the men in black stories. As if it is their little hybrid babies. Something. It's yeah, another way to get in. But then I wonder, like if some of these encounters are true... Was there a supernatural event that occurred in or around these people that would have caused these children to show up? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Because the men in black are kind of trying to stop you from talking about super, like UFO event, extraterrestrial things. So what is the reasoning for these these children? I don't know. It could be alien research. They did something to them, obviously. They just don't remember. Yeah. I'm going to have to look into that. Yeah, it's I cool. need a better explanation. It's a cool story. Well, thank you for joining us. <laughs> well, until next time, all you golden goblins. <laughs> no. See how I did it? No. Instead of cool cats and kittens. <laughs> no. You scary golden goblins. <laughs> <laughs> until next time, all you cool vampires and werewolves. <laughs> mm. I'm trying to make it Halloween related. Are you? <laughs> Well, I'm going to say, go ahead and punch the children at the door. Don't let them in. I don't think you should touch them at all. Don't let them in for sure. Well, until next time, bye. Punch those babies. No, we're not punching babies. Until next time, fellow Absurdians, remember, everything you've heard is true. Monsters are real. And the strangers in black are not a figment of your imagination. Don't forget to subscribe and rate us on iTunes or your favorite podcast streaming service. Do you have a story you want to share? Contact us at eerieandabsurd at gmail.com or visit our website at eerieandabsurd.com to submit a suggestion. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram, both at eerie underscore absurd.